get into it, what did you think of uh, the new uh, Avril Lavigne? I liked it. Okay, good. I enjoyed it way more than I thought I was going to. That's for <laughs> sure. Um, did you listen to our episode on it? Of course. Uh, I Josh doesn't really agree with me, but I think it'll be big for teens and tweens of today. I think it'll be like a like a big like kind of like how Let Go was back. I mean, two thousand three or whatever. I don't know. I just think like it can it'll have maybe not the bit the same impact, but I think it'll have some impact in a way. I don't know. That's my thoughts on it. For that generation, this generation, whatever. Next generation. I don't yeah, know. I don't I don't think I think I think it's too too old for this generation. It could be. I don't know. That's just my that's how I feel about it. What like was your favorite in the track? podcast? I think it was the best one. My she's favorite ever put track? Out. I don't know. I it was like two weeks since I've listened to that album. <laughs> um Wait, it's so good, but you stopped listening. I mean, I'm not gonna like I heard it. <laughs> I'll listen to it again like 10 years or so. Um, I don't know. It was fine. It was better than I expected. So good job. It was Aaron. better than I expected too. All right. You ready? Yes. B-side listeners, I've given you all and now I'm nothing. We're here to talk about the wonder years. Finally. I'm Danny. This is Josh, and this and is episode I... 61, and we are joined by Mike Pikulski. I'm back, baby. <laughs> How many episodes is this you've been on now? I don't even know. I should have looked that up. I think three, maybe. I feel like three. Green Day, Wrestling. Ah, yes. I feel like there was one more. Ska. Ska, four. So this is your fourth one. This is my fourth one. All right, cool. That's cool. You're part of the podcast now. <laughs> I'm the pod. Am I am I coming up there for Doug? I don't know you, where he's at. Yeah, you might uh you might be coming for the champ. We'll see. Coming. We'll have to we'll have to compile the stats and see see where you're at. You're definitely past Joe though, that's for sure. Joe, what are you doing? Uh Coheed's got a new album coming out. We'll have to get him on. I'm sure. Oh, that'll be good. So we're not here to talk about Kohi, though. We're here to talk about The Wonder Years, a band that I have slept on for too long. You are a, you are a sleepy boy. I am. Um, I didn't actually listen to this album until last night on my drive home. Oh, wow. That's kind of a good time to do it. Yeah, it was uh, 1130 at night. I was feeling tired. I was like, I was going to save it for today. So it was like that fresh I was like. You know, I'll just I'll still listen to it tomorrow and take notes, but I'm going to put it on now and just feel the music. Feel it. Feel it. Well, this is good. It is good feeling music. It is. Uh, yeah. And, you know, it's uh, before we even get like hard into it here. Uh, so the the Wonder Years has many albums, um, but we chose Suburbia. All I've, I've given you all and now I'm nothing uh, for Danny to listen to because. It's a formative, formative album of theirs, and also um, they're on tour for the anniversary of it right now. Um, they actually just played Detroit last night. I was uh, there. 
Mike was there. I was supposed to be there, but didn't end up uh, uh, extenuating circumstances. Wasn't able to go. Um, so it just seemed like it's not uh, the album that I was introduced to them by, and probably not my favorite album. But it's a but it's a it's a good time to do this one. It what? It's not your favorite? Uh, no. That's exciting. But, th- but that's that's also because of where I came in. You know. I could say it's my favorite. I also could say it's not my favorite. Currently, it's my favorite because it's the only <laughs> one I've heard. <laughs> um, my history with it is so I know passing through a door, passing. There's a song by them called passing, passing. through a screen, screen door. So I know that song, and I knew came out swing come uh, came out swinging. Like I've even had those on playlists for like in the past, but for some reason I have never like was like i'm gonna get into this band now even though i've liked those two songs a lot i just i felt like i missed the boat and for some reason i was like well i lost my chance i guess i'll just move on oh no that's kind of how i felt about like last year i got into state champs for the first time too and like that's that's another band that like i was just like oh i missed my chance i'm not gonna try out this band there's like a period of pop punk that I just was not listening to pop punk. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like those two bands are around the same time, but I feel like they're different flavors. They like are. this is uh Wonder Years is like sad boy pop punk. Wonder Years, I could almost the Wonder Years I've in almost transcended pop punk for me. Um I I don't know. They Definitely by now. I don't want have. to get into it. Yeah. Definitely by now. Um, at this point, yeah, they still are very much pop punk. But I've still, I feel like you're getting flavors of what there is to come on this album. Yeah. That's compared to what the the album before it and the album after it. I would say this one swings more towards their next album. Sweet. Yeah. And this album is like a. Uh in a is the second in a trilogy of albums that thematically go together so the upsides that came out before this and then the greatest generation that came out after uh they all have a similar uh, theme um is it all about their town well so you know (laughs) pop punk pop punk is about i'm just pop punk has the the good old days songs and the uh, our town sucks songs and they just i mean they just they said, screw doing an Our Town Sucks song. We're going to do a whole album <laughs> about our town. And we're going to do it really well. Yeah. Um. So from my understanding, I believe the trilogy of al- albums is loosely based off of one of Allen Ginsberg's poems or books. I can't remember. I was. It is a poem. Yeah. Um, um, it's called America. Okay, because um, I remember, I feel like around the time of this album being announced, it wasn't completely known that there was like a trilogy. Like it, it wasn't like known it was a trilogy yet. I feel like sure. not until really the third album was it really like, oh, wow, like it was a trilogy. I, I think like at first listening to this album, you, you hear like so many different um like throwbacks to the past album. Um, and it's just, it's, 
it's all done very well. And the way they kind of like just went about this album and the next album was kind of like, was just kind of really wild in a, in a sense, um, like the maturity of their growth and all that. And um, I don't know. I kind of forgot where I was going with that. <laughs> That's okay. Off. Let's do a little bit more <laughs> yeah. personal history and then we'll, well, then we can start diving into that stuff. Uh, Mike, I'll let you go last. Cause I think you have the most personal history. Okay. And um, I already said my personal yeah, history. You did. You started <laughs> oh, yeah. us off and Mike started down the history rabbit hole. Uh, so my personal history is that I didn't, I knew that a band called the wonder years existed and that was pretty much it. And then when I started dating uh, tab, that's when uh, she already liked them. So she introduced me to them. Uh, and it was right around the time that no closer to heaven came out. So that was my first introduction to them. And I want to say the first show of theirs that I went to is the, it's the perfect, uh, way to break in is that they played a show. They toured with motion city soundtrack. Ooh. Uh, I was wondering if you were at that or not. I couldn't yeah. remember. No. We, yeah. Chance, you and right? I, you and I were, yeah, you and I were already friends and, but we weren't oh, friends. Like, we yes, weren't. Yes. We weren't friends like we are now. We were like podcast co-hosts and kind of discovering that we were into a bunch of the other same stuff. Yeah. Um, no, and it was like, oh, I can't wait to go to the Motion City show with you, Mike. And you were like, it's the Wonder Years show, and I was like, no, it's Motion City show. That was like yeah. the, the bit <laughs> that we were running for that. Um, and uh, and then that's so that's the album I really got into. And they actually, Motion City and Wonder Years did this really cool thing. They put out. <clears throat> a split that was they took the um, the instrumentation from one of wonder Years songs and an instrumentation from one of uh motion city songs and justin wrote lyrics and sang on the wonder years instrumentation and and dan campbell did this the same with the motion motion city and those two songs that they came up with are like both really great too it's and, really and well it like it's it's kind of wild like how perfect they both um like work <laughs> yeah um so Are that kind of stuff anywhere i think they should, yeah it's, it's a seven inch Spotify, right no they're not they're, okay they, i have Probably the i have mp3s i could send them to you i, I don't know where if they're actually released anywhere i'm sure you could find them I'm if sure you search on for YouTube. Them. but yeah it's a seven inch and it's not easy to find that's probably it's probably like one of my white whales if i had one um do you have it i have it yeah um i can try to get it really quick no it's okay i mean no one no, can see it. it i know what it looks like okay <laughs> <laughs> the room's a little bit of a mess i was just ace was trying to get it um so then it just kind of went from there and of course it didn't obviously didn't hurt that you guys all uh, everyone up in the the Macomb County crew uh, <laughs> likes likes them. So just more and more uh, exposure, and uh, you know, came out swinging was like a staple of like basement dance parties at your house around that time too. So I was like very heavily um, associated that song with like Johnny sweating and like screaming and dancing around and people being crazy so yeah what about you I mike mean, tell us about so, your personal history with the wonder years um my personal history is from the start of the upsides i actually attended the upsides release show which that flyer actually is right there what was the venue for that mike 
the Modern Exchange. Oh. The bands that played were, I'm uh, sorry, the poster's weird to read, with Shorelines, Anchors, The Bravest Kids, and Slaves to the Planet. So that venue. I don't know if you know any of them. That venue is three blocks from my parents' house. I remember being like, where the hell is this place? And Danny's played there, too. I have. Yep. I it was remember cool. I don't think it doesn't st- exist anymore, does it? The, I mean, the building exists. I think it's, and it's oh. still a, it was like, like the ultimate, shop? like, emo kid hangout. It had a concert venue in it, uh, a coffee shop, and a thrift store. It was like, yeah. um. That was a fun show. wild place. Um, so that's how that's how I started with the Wonder Years, and honestly, from them, from like listening to that first album, I was hooked, and I've essentially been like, I've followed them around the state. I've seen them out of state. Um, I've been to, I went to Chicago at 10 a.m. to see them on their 24 or four shows in 24 hour record release tour. Um, I've seen them. Anytime I can see them, I have, um, yeah, they're just, they're honestly, they're probably like my favorite band that I have discovered myself. Like they're my like high school. I discovered them right out of high school and their first album kind of has that feeling to it. And it just, I feel like the wonder years have grown with me in a way. Um, if that makes sense, but also like, I don't know. They're, they're one of my favorites and that's, (laughs) so that's my history, I guess. I remember pre-ordering this album when it came out, the hype around it was really wild. It was like that pop punk scene in 2011. And just like, it was kind of really getting started. Um, like it, like all those bands, like into it over it and fireworks. Um, and like, I just remember because the first single, what was the first single? Do you know, Josh? Uh, it came out to me or was it don't let me cave in. I think it's local man, local man. All right. Um, I remember whatever, whatever the single was, I remember, I still remember where I was. It, I remember it broke, uh, AP.net, um, or AP news or whatever it was. Or yeah, no. Uh alternative what was what it? Alternative press? Alternative no. Um the what was the website one? Oh my god, the big forums. Smart <laughs> Smart Punk? No, the other ones. I don't remember. Um oh my god, I'm blanking on it. But it was yeah, it was like whatever. It broke it. It uh, absolute punk. No. Yeah. Yes. Absolute punk. Yeah. It was that's what it absolute is. punk. <clears throat> Wow, that was a brain fart. <laughs> um, yeah, so Absolute Punk, it like broke the site. I just remember all this hype being around it and like the vinyl pre-order for it was nuts. Um, yeah, it was like, there's a lot of hype around the album. And then I think when it came out, it met a lot of the hype. And um, I don't know, I just have really fond memories with this album and I'm excited to dig into it with you both. I'm excited to hear Danny's thoughts on it. That's um, another shocking thing is I was really into fireworks, especially during All I Have to Offer is My Own Confusion. They're yeah. local, though. And yeah. fireworks and Wonder Years played together so much, too. Like, I'm surprised you didn't, like, 
Maybe you Steve did see him and don't remember. Like, I might have actually they seen played, him. Because <laughs> um, they did play, the Wonders played, I think, two shows before I saw them here. And they always reference it. One was in like a basement in Dearborn with fireworks. And another one was in like the Static Age or somewhere up in Romeo that I actually was going to go to, but didn't know them well enough yet at the time to attend. Mm. So, whoops. Um, but yeah, that's kind of, that's my history with them. <clears throat> Stat sheet. Stat sheet. You know, you know, one time. <laughs> no, I just I had I brought I pulled up the the wiki and I was just not on the right tab. Uh this is their third album. It was released on June 14th, 2011. It uh peaked at 73 on the Billboard 200 album chart, uh 12 on the Billboard Alternative Albums chart and 11 on the Billboard Independent Albums chart. Um this album, like we said before, is a trilogy um with the upsides from 2010 and the greatest generation from 2013 um and it dealt with uh dan the vocalist um struggles with being scared loneliness and feeling lost uh as we already said the title of the album and some of its lyrics reference the alan ginsburg poem america um it was a primary inspiration for the album um and that sample at the very beginning of came out swinging is a sample of ginsburg reading the poem they played um, a uh, sorry, an extended like clip of that poem last night. It was pretty cool. I don't know how cool. how much of it it actually was, if it was the whole thing or not, but it was a it was an extended portion. It was it was nuts. <laughs> Go, um, sorry. Th- yeah, and then the last thing is that it says <clears throat> the album was produced by Steve uh, Evitz and Evitz would push the band to get perfect takes to the point where they've all felt sick, such as Dan Campbell uh, throwing up twice while recording vocals. Whoa, yeah, all right, let's get into it. Let's uh, let's come out swinging, guys. Track one came out swinging. That works. There it is. <laughs> great. Great opener to an album. The Wonder Years are great at it. This um, is the only track I knew previously, as I was saying, from this album. Before diving into this record. Crazy first track energy. I love the chorus and pre-chorus. Actually, I love everything about this song. I feel personally attacked by some of the lyrics. I mean, don't judge oh. my terrible fast food diets. Bad back. That's... And, that... <laughs> the and how I never answer the phone. At making you feel attacked. In your feelings. I constantly feel like a ghost. I'm never sure what I'm looking for. Jeez. But I'm not sure I'm getting better. <laughs> so, um, oh, I, uh, apparently I don't have, uh, oh, here it is. So I don't have any notes. <laughs> no, no, no. Good stuff. So it is going terribly. Uh, so, <laughs> Dan Campbell was nice enough to do a track by track analysis with AP back in the day. Oh, dang. So, <clears throat> would we like me to read 
his things like first or last or last. Okay. You have your own opinions too, right? I do. Okay. <laughs> I do. You just copy paste Dave Campbell's opinions. <laughs> These are my opinions. <laughs> <laughs> no, um That's cool. This... I actually didn't know he did that. I yeah. actually may have known but have forgotten. No, I appreciate it because <laughs> it's very helpful to me. Well, and I know um, there's so much involved with these songs too. Yeah. So it helps. No, this is this is the only song uh at at one point in time, I think this was like the only Wonder Year song I even knew. Um, and like I already said before, I have some specific memories tied to it. Um, but it's uh, it hits you real hard, real fast. Uh, it's a great opener. It's wild to me that it's not a single. Um, right. This is like one of the single? Best. It's not. And, and, and it's like one of it's like literally one of the best songs they have. It's their number it's- one song on Spotify. This isn't a single. No. What was the single off this album? Uh, Local Man and Don't Let Me Cave In. Do they know people love this song so much? <laughs> yeah, I think they know. This is definitely one that still gets played, like even when they're not touring this album. So they know. Yeah, this yeah. song will always hype up any crowd. Um, I, If I hear this song, I just immediately want to like run through a wall. Um, oh, don't do that. I mean, it's just it, you're not a ghost. Right, it just makes me want to do it. Um, I don't know. This, I agree with everything you both said. Like, there's nothing more I need to say. It's incredible. <laughs> the way Soupy just writes lyrics and like the way he just like can form a story and like you can visually see things. I don't know. It's just he's it's great. Yeah. Well, and this, you know, this song is about like basically being so kind of like leaving it all to to be on tour and do the band thing and like not kind of being a ghost because you're not um you're not around the people from home. Um like people don't know who you are anymore. Um so uh here, I'll read you what, what Dan says. He said, this functions as a kind of prelude. The rest of the record, for the most part, works in a one-year timeline. This track sets up that timeline. It more or less catches listeners up on our lives between records. We went from being college kids in a band to guys that toured full-time. We would come back home intermittently and for short bursts and then be back on the road. I guess, in short, this is a snapshot of our lives post-upsides. Question so, about that, because exactly. you... You said this was their third album, but yeah. on Spotify, it's the second. There is a album they released uh, before the Upsides that is like easy core pop punk, I guess. It's got like keys on it, like very heavy keys, like almost like like Motion City. Four year, yeah, actually. Uh, early Motion City. Yeah, like M- Motion City. Um, it's called Get Stoked on It. It's probably on YouTube. They don't really like bringing it up <laughs> anymore it's like when they were because it was so the band originally started as a joke and like they made that album and then it they it just kind of ended up not being a joke and so like there's a lot of just like cheesy songs on that album and just like like lyrically like i'm sure soupy hates the lyrics because like <laughs> What he's doing now compared to that is like okay. Also, 
When a band says they start a band as a joke, but it's their first album and they actually go and record a whole bunch of songs, hey, it's not know. a joke. Come on. <laughs> you just wanted to change directions, which is cool because this direction's sick. It, I like the album, but I have I can go back. I like there is an album on Spotify that's called Sleeping on Trash, a collection of songs recorded in 20, 2005 to 2010. Is that some of the music? Um, That's like the EPs leading up to the upside. So like it's kind of when they start getting serious and they released a lot of like EPs and splits. Okay. Um, I should have, I might have a copy of Get Stoked on it somewhere. Yeah, they like hate Get Stoked on it. Um. You need to have your prop. If you're gonna do props, you gotta have them ready. I got it. This is it. Like even the cover is like just a joke. Oh, it's Captain Crunch making out with a uh, a female version of the Kool Aid Man. Okay. Yeah. So you can see why they are like we don't want to talk about that album. I mean, I, do you know you know the band Homegrown? Yeah, I don't, I've never listened to them. They're like the Drive Through Records. Band, right so they have a first album they don't like to talk about either that's like the covers just like this marijuana leaf getting down on something i think that's the only album i know of that <laughs> it's probably but they don't like that one's hard to find and one they don't ever talk about i feel like that's the only image i can think of of that band all right whatever <laughs> all right track two woke up older You get why I was doing that earlier. You don't even get the reference. So when we first got on this podcast, I was singing "Hey Chris" by Fall Out Boy. Oh, because the way this chorus sounds, it sounds a lot like "Hey Chris," but I did not catch that. No, (laughs) not completely though. I'm not saying anything like. But the whole song is dope. But the bass and the drum fills are really top notch in this one. Very catchy chorus that ins- I can instantly sing along to because it kind of sounds like Fall Out Boy, just structurally. Uh, it's a breakup song, I'm assuming, right? Yeah. Okay, because remember, I, I'm just going into these with what I'm hearing and <laughs> assuming. Yeah. I, You know, it's uh, Dan has this, and it, this is kind of something you could say, I think, like, on every song on this album where he's writing you a song he's writing a song where like it's all inside references to stuff in his life that you probably don't really know what he's talking about unless you're involved but at the same time it still pulls you in even though you have no idea who jess is like or you don't you know there's other you know there's other like very specific references in other songs and it's like well, this is something that happened in your life and I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I'm still like very invested in what's going on here. And in a weird way can almost relate. Yeah. Well, I think to the, the situations that he puts in, that he presents. Yeah. 
I mean, I think he does way. a good job of painting a picture, even if it's yeah inside references. That's one of my favorite things. And like, you can almost like picture this song. Like you can picture someone laying in bed as someone's leaving to work. Like you can see it. Like, I don't know. And I, I know so many Jesses that <laughs> anytime I see, go see this band, I can just turn and there's a Jess near me I can point at. So that's always fun. That's always fun. There's not too many Tabitha songs. Um, it uh, this so again referencing previous albums. I f- I don't know. There's probably websites that can confirm or deny this. These are mostly just me, either remembering things that I think I thought about back then or whatever. But like this, the Hey Thanks references. Um, I'm almost positive reference to the upsides. Hey Thanks. Um. Again, throughout this whole album, there's just so many references to the past album. And like, it's almost just all like how it's all just, it is the second part of the trilogy. But again, nobody really knew at the time thing that I was kind of bringing up. Um, Yeah. Great song. Um, So Dan says, uh, the record questions where home is. Um, this is a song that sparked that question between tours. I would live with my now ex-girlfriend and I chose to stay in Philadelphia primarily to be with her. We broke up and I moved out. Now the place I was calling home and my reason for calling it that no longer existed. I was free to ask where home is and the answer and to answer it any way that I saw fit. Oh, okay. I can see that. Track three local man ruins everything. Simpsons reference. Yes. That's a long chorus verse. Yes. So one of the lyrics in this song says something about him going upstairs and shaving because he stores his sadness in his beard. Yeah. And I kept looking at my beard this morning. I was like, how much sadness can I fit in this bad boy? Because <laughs> um, it's fluffy and full and or fluffy and full of sadness. Um, I'm at at this. I'm at this point. I'm disappointed in myself for not listening to this band because I've <laughs> all three of these tracks. Uh Every musician on this track is a fucking pro. The vocals are fantastic. Their musicianship is amazing. Yeah. So this band only gets tighter as time goes on, too. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. I can't wait to dive into their discography. I can't wait to hear your... I can't wait to see the journey. (laughs) Because I've been telling Josh and you that you should be listening to this band for a while now. Uh, I love the back and forth in the chorus. This, This style of pop punk is almost like... It's everything I like from a bunch of different bands. It's kind of like musicianship of the starting line, but fast. Like that makes sense. Way faster than what they're doing. It's like the depth of some Emotion City's lyrics, but the quirkiness of Fall Out Boy's early lyrics. It's just all around. Like love this. Yeah, this is the um, first single. Okay, so this was the first single. Yeah. So this is the song that um, blew up absolutepunk.net. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's 
this song just puts me back in like i guess the start of that like i guess the start of like the cycle and all this um i just have so many like just memories with this song and like you know what i mean and the, the way soupy just can paint a picture again it's just and the way you can like relate to so many of these songs at so many different stages in your life like i thought i related to some of these songs back in my like early 20s late teens and now i'm like coming in to my 30s i'm like oh these work just as well like i don't know it's and this great song again (laughs) i don't really have a lot to add i will i will uh I'll I'll add what what Dan has left for us. Uh, When Upsides came out, there was a weird pressure surrounding it. All of a sudden, I was expected to be a shining beacon of positivity. And I guess, ironically enough, the bottom had just fallen out on my life in a lot of ways. Uh, This song is about how a place and an idea that had once made me happy no longer had that power. In fact, I needed to face the fact that being here was having the exact opposite effect on my psyche. It helped me realize a lot, though. I thought I had kind of beaten my issues, but when you struggle with depression or anxiety or anything else, you never really win. You always carry it with you, and and the point I learned is isn't to win. The point is to keep fighting. It's not how hard, it's not how hard you can get hit. It's how hard you can keep. No, it's not. I'm, I was trying to reference Rocky in the middle of his quote, and I re- must. Uh, he would have loved it too, and you ruined it. It's not how hard you can hit; it's how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. Uh, it turned out that I'm not sad anymore. It wasn't a victory speech; it was a battle cry. And I'm not sad anymore is a reference to the upsides as yes, well. Yes, uh, very much so. Um, I'm not sure sad anymore, Danny. What? As I was saying, at which I'm sure you will learn. Oh, yeah. Track four, Suburbia. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know where to stop that one because there's not like a chorus. Yeah, it just kind of it's goes. A, it's an interlude. What I think is so interesting is, like I said, I was listening to this last night on my drive home. And I, like I put it on my phone, hit play all, and just tossed my phone in the other seat. I thought seriously thought this song was just part of the next song. And I was like, wow, that's a weird time change. And like, it this is cool. Could be in a way. Yeah. I mean, it's, I could totally it's so much that. different too, though. But still, it's like, wow. But after doing research, part one of a trilogy in this album, as a single or as a solo song, it's all right. You know, it's it's cool. Uh, the I, I mean, they reference Texas Chainsaw Massacre, so of course I'm on board. But it's a short little ditty, and I understand it all as a whole because after getting done listening to the album, I went through and listened to just those three tracks in a row, like the three of the trilogy, just so I could see if I could feel the flow better. And I did. So. So I actually wrote probably Danny's favorite just because of the (laughs) Texas Chainsaw. I figured if anything's going to grab you, it's going to be that at least. Um, But I just basically have just shortened to the point. Um, You kind of summed it up perfectly. It's, not really needed, but at the same time, it's so important 
in a way. Yeah. Yeah. So with, yeah, you hit you with did the three, job. it works really well. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we consider Suburbia to be the first interlude song along with I've Given You All and Now I'm Nof- Nothing, which actually that's the album title. Yeah, I know. All together. <laughs> uh, serve as three movements of the same piece below the title in the liner notes. It's now denoted as quote unquote setting because it doesn't function inside the timeline. Instead, it's meant as a snapshot of the place we grew up through the fresh eyes of someone who has left and returned. And I love this. He says, and yeah, John Oates also went to our high school, but I thought it was cooler to bring up Andrew. How do you know? How do you say his name? Brian, I, the guy from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, I don't know. I know the Andrew name. Andrew but... Brian Nierski. <laughs> so. Sure. I feel like he says it in the song, and I can't, but I can't think of how to say it. So. Track five, my life as a pigeon. This song was okay. It's, uh, I feel like this song might mean more to fans that have known the band longer when it comes to the lyrics. Uh, instrumentally, it's still killing it, of course, but lyrically the way it flows it almost sounds just like two by the books pop punky but it's not bad not a bad song and i don't i don't know if the pigeon cares if we're listening this is my last note (laughs) so i kind of feel the same way um i love this song but it's not like i i'm not like there's no like i don't i'm not connected to it like Lyrically, I get like exactly yeah. like what you were saying almost. Um, my notes are just punk song and just a great jam, like really. Like it's good. I'm not gonna skip it, but yeah, it's not a skippable song, but yeah. It's not standing out like every other track has. Yeah, really. on this album, it's not it doesn't meet the tier of like where these songs some of these songs are. It's a good song on an album of great songs. Yes, yeah, perfect. Yeah. All right. Dan says. This is one of the longer ones. For a long time, this band was unwanted. We were a joke to almost everyone, and for part of that time, ourselves too. Sure thing, Dan. Uh, Chris from No Sleep was the only dude that cared. We couldn't get other labels or agents or managers to listen, so we said, fuck it. We booked our own tours. We took care of our own business. We found our own way. Then as soon as we had a head of steam, there was all of a sudden a crowd of people telling us that we didn't deserve it or we were sellouts or that we changed. I've spent my whole life with anxiety issues over people not liking me. I wasted so much time worrying about trying to save face for my fuck-ups or being nice to people who were dickheads to me. This song is kind of a fuck you to everyone that stands against us. I don't have any time for it. Every band wants to be able to go back and play a great hometown show, and we finally have that now, but it took years of bullshit to get there. I love our fans. They're awesome people, and we do our best to take time to hang out with them after every show. It's a big deal for us to have people that care about us so we don't take it for granted. Wow, that was a mouthful. Yeah, Dang, that song might mean a lot more to me now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, that does improve it. All right, cool. I'm. I don't know if I've ever. I don't know if I ever dove into these songs like that much. Like, I just love the album. I don't know. I can't remember how much of the lore and like background I actually went into it. 
back then. Yeah. Also, I noticed I, I forgot to tell Danny in case he didn't know already. Um, Dan's Dan Campbell's nickname is Soupy. Did not know Cam- that. Campbell's well, da- uh, Mike said Soupy, and I was like, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh, sorry, like Camp Campbell Soup, Soupy. Oh yeah. So, also Soupy is a big wrestling fan. Yes. Wearing my Danhausen, Danhausen shirt. Can't wear that shirt last night. You know, <laughs> got, a, got a pander. Got a pander. Track six, Summers in PA. Here's your remember the good old days pop punk song. Yep. Uh, this might be an unpopular opinion. I don't think there's a bad song on this album, but this is my least favorite song on the album. I the the guitars and personal vocal lyrics give me major take this to your grave vibes. Uh, the group shouts are sick. The chorus is catchy, but. I don't know. It just doesn't hit me. And maybe it's because I didn't live in Pennsylvania. So my upset. <laughs> but I mean, it's fine. And I still wouldn't skip it. But the rest of this album, I'm just going to spoil now and say I love. But this this was the last time I was like, I don't know if I like this as much. It might change after Josh gives us his giant long speech from Dan. But I think it might change just if you li- once you listen to the album a few more times too, get more like familiar with the song. Um, but no, this song reminds me, it, it feels like summer to me. It reminds me of Bloodfest. Um, it reminds me of like, just, I don't know. It reminds me of good times. Like it has that connect, like what Josh is saying (laughs) for me. Um, and it's got more upside references. Um, great driving song. So if you were listening to this driving, I, that's surprising that you were like, yeah, but it was cold and in the middle of the night. I True. Feel like this is a Listen to song. this in the summer. I bet you your opinion is going to change. If I jam this more. like on a hot summer day with the windows down. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then I wrote I Awesome that. Breakdown and Bridge. You got to remember this album did come out in June. Like June 14th, I think it said. It does have a good summer feel to it. Um, so we're kind of doing it at a weird time. But. Yeah, so I think if you hear once you hear it in summer, your I think your opinion is going to change a bit. And again, I there's not one skippable song oh, on no, this album. I'm not saying your but opinion is wrong. it's just my least favorite. Yeah, this might be my least favorite too. But I I I've never been a huge fan of the like remember the good old days pop punk songs. Just not my thing for anybody. Um, this song has dan o'connor and alan day of four years strong on the bridge oh that um, makes sense yep oh yeah that does make a lot of sense <laughs> and then uh so it was awesome <laughs> dan says this is just a song about my friends and i making bad choices and having good times see it kind of reminds me of why i love this town in the first place we've become f- close with four years strong over the past year so i don't know when he did he must have done this interview like in 2011 um 
And when we needed a guest vocal spot, it only made sense to ask them. Dan and Alan's parts were recorded on the bus we shared in England on a USB microphone through a pair of pantyhose that got thrown on stage while two obnoxious drunk girls pounded on the door demanding to know where good Charlotte was. Wow. <laughs> cool. It does make <laughs> me like it a little more, actually. <laughs> mm-hmm. the, right. the, the like DIY element of it is kind of fun that like recorded it on the bus. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Track seven, I won't say the Lord's Prayer. What a change of pace. So, holy shit, this is my favorite song on the album. I'm going to say it right now. Uh, right. I, lo- I love when a band questions the po- hypocrisy of any organized religion. And the music, the background music gives me early saves the day vibes while giving me say Ooh. anything lyrics, kind of. I love the we lean on fences built from outdated morality. Like that lyric is just oh, so powerful. Gorgeous. Uh, I, I grew up in a small town where everyone that I went to school with and everyone that lived on my block was a religious fanatic and went every Sunday and I was the only one that wouldn't. And they would constantly like try to push it lightly on me. You know how they do it with their little wasp stylings. It was disgusting. Um, What else? I got so much. I (laughs) love the heavy refrain between verses. I love the chorus. Yeah. The chorusless song. I love this chorusless song so much. The last verse is perfection. If we're all just Christians or lions, then I think I'd rather be on the side with sharper teeth. I don't need saving. Like, whoo. This was a cool song. I did <laughs> not expect this from this band. Like, I didn't know what to expect. But to have such like a deep song about not being pushed into, you know, having to believe something. Yeah. It's- so you hit. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, you hit the nail on the head with the organized religion thing and everything. Soupy even made a mention of it uh, last night before they played the song. Um, I can't remember the quote exactly, so it's kind of a paraphrase. But essentially, he was saying how it's exactly, this song is exactly what you think it means without being what you think it means. Um, Honestly, this song never really, like... It was never my favorite on the album. And then literally getting ready for the concert like a couple weeks ago and like just kind of refreshing myself with the song at work, it came on and I was like really getting into it and like really like kind of like really singing the lyrics and like like really listen, I guess just really focusing on the lyrics for like the first time, I guess, of the song. And I was like, oh, damn, okay. I never really like, I guess. Well, you're not a lyrics guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm not like a lyrics person in general. So like to have this be one of my favorite bands is big just because like I'm not a lyrics person, but like that's a big reason why I do love the Wonder Years. I think it's just because it is one of those bands that I can like, like the lyrics actually do mean something to me. Um, But yeah, and like, so I'm gonna, I just like recently fell in love with this song, like, and in a different way, because it, like, I do kind of, um, like exactly what you're saying, Dana, like kind of not maybe into like that, 
maybe not as hardcore, but I definitely had that like growing up like that, like Christianity surrounding me and all that. And just the hypocrisy of it all. Um, as I'm sure a lot of people <laughs> growing up did. So I also, uh, as a snarky atheist who became that way through life experience in the church, love the theme, love the, love the lyrical things that you mentioned, Danny. I think I love the way he plays with it. Uh, and this song is more low key than most everything we've heard so far, but it's so powerful and it obviously amps up at certain points. Um, and I have a bunch of stuff for this. It's kind of interesting. So I have Dan's. He said, I've noticed a lot of people, especially in our area, are super adamant about their religion. But when questioned about, questioned about most aspects of it, they don't have any answers. That's something that always bothered me. Uh, they're content to wear the gold cross and vote with whatever the church says. But outside of that, it's a, uh, it's a void. I think religion is like that is dangerous in 2011. It's dangerous in 2022 as well. Um, yeah. I think that anything that willfully stands in the way of progression towards curing diseases or equality for everyone is dangerous. I think that anything that has a mentality of that their leader is infallible and as such provides a path that you must follow is dangerous. I'm not telling anyone what to believe, but take some time and do some reading. Don't let yourself get bullied into a belief system. Everyone has the right to their faith if they want it, but that's if they want it. And then also, apparently, uh, this song did cause some drama. Um, so uh, message boards, I guess, were ablaze, and Alt Press uh, interviewed Supi about it so he could clarify his intentions. Um, and he confirmed that a lot of people, even some of our friends, were quick, quick to jump to conclusions that we were attacking them with that song. Um, and interestingly enough, uh, Haley Williams from Paramore uh, in a 2011 live journal response to asked, was asked whether or not she liked The Wonder Years. She made a point of mentioning the song, saying that she believed it did not sound like Dan understood that not all of us who believe in Jesus are judgmental, loveless, self-righteous monsters. And it just seemed like Supi was parroting things that other guys in the scene have said. So that sounds like, like I'm, I'm more, I realize when I'm, when I'm uh, listening to, like when I read the lyrics for the song that he's talking about a certain type of religion, like organized religion and not real, not personal religion. And I feel like, you know, People yeah. can be really touchy about that if you say anything, even though it's obvious to someone who can notice the context, you know, that it's and not think, what that's not what it's about, you know. And I think that's exactly what he was trying to bring up last night when he said yeah. that. Like it's exactly what sh what it is and what it's not. Like just and he even brought up he's kind of vaguely was like, This song kind of was like, ooh, we got in a lot of trouble for this song. I, I don't think I ever even realized it because, again, I wasn't paying attention hard enough to the lyrics. I didn't realize people were still writing live journal posts in 2011. <laughs> I thought that too. <laughs> Track eight Coffee Eyes. <laughs>
pretty rad song about remembering the good old days, but also reliving the good old days. Like going I like back this one better than the, the other one. Oh, yeah. I like this song yeah. a lot. I have memories of going to Denny's late at night when I was young and able to stay up late. And just stay Oh, up. I think we all do. <laughs> like smoking cigarettes when you could smoke in Denny's and I drinking way too much coffee. One of my last legal cigarettes in a Denny's. I don't know if I'd want to go back and relive those. I mean, some of the people I would love to see again from way, way, way back in the day. But I mean, those were fun nights, but I'm good. I don't want a table at that seat at that table anymore. Right. That's like exactly almost exactly what I have for this song. Um, I love um, the cut my hand on a piece of glass line. I don't know why. It just it's oh, that's good. I love it. And Dan was half dead. No wonder you don't want to go back. <laughs> uh, this song is about sanctuary. I went to this diner every night in high school and early college. The night shift waitress and had it has invited us to her house for a pool party. That's funny. Uh, no matter where I go in the world, I will know that I can go back here and Patty will know my order. And that's a nice thought. I love the build up to the outro in this song. Right. Uh, it's like, oh, man, this is like. Uh, the uh, Soupy. Well, this band is just it's great at that, like building the suspense. Like I love the the brothers and on. Uh, uh, there's no closer to heaven. Like that was uh, like, oh, and I love yeah. that. I love around that time. They used to use that to like open the show when it would like yeah. build this crescendo. I'll have to send you. They're so to... good at like doing that sort of thing. Yeah. Oh. They're so, so good at. Be... Oh. As we'll <laughs> oh. later. Mike's speechless. My, we're making yeah. my, it does not compute. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I don't, do, like I said, do I don't everything normally... so well. I don't normally like the good old days songs, but I think this this one's okay. This is a, this like is a, this one. This is a good one. Yeah. Track nine, I've given you all. And this one, oh, lonely, homeless man. For as long as I can think back, he was a... Again, no chorus. I'm just playing a little clip of it. So it's part two of the trilogy, The Small Town Strikes Back. <laughs> Star Wars reference. Ah, ha, ha. Sad Attack and beautiful slow town. song. I like this one on its own, like without even being in the three. But it's beautiful little tragedy of a small town song. Yeah. I This song's fine. It doesn't really do anything for me. The Soupy's lyrics do what his lyrics do for me. Um, they paint a great picture, but at the same time, this song's if there if I had to skip a song, this might be it. Yeah, but it's like the lyrics are good, but the song doesn't really go anywhere <laughs> yeah. on its own. So that's just I don't know. It's this would probably be my least favorite, I would say at least. I don't know if it's skippable, but it's my least favorite because it's so short. It's not even worth skipping it. Yeah, exactly. Just let it play. It's good enough. (laughs) (laughs) Anything from... Oh, yeah. You know it. The second installment in the series, this track recounts more stories and scenes from home. There was a guy who used to ride... there's a guy who used to ride around here on a bike in a blue raincoat. Everyone knew him. I mean, no one really knew him, but everyone knew who you were talking about if you were talking about him. 
He appeared to be the town's only homeless man. It turns out, or so I'm told, he wa- that he wasn't homeless. He was in Vietnam, and now he only liked sleeping outside. So while he had an apartment, he would often sleep around Memorial Park in the dugouts or on the benches. Right after I graduated high school, they found the guy beaten to death in the park. Oh, I should have read these before I was like a shock. Sorry. It's one of the things that goes down in small town folklore forever. That kind of shit doesn't always happen in the suburbs. I read recently that they reopened the the case and I think the whole town hopes they solve it. I wonder, I'm going to do some investigative journalism. See if they, if they ever figured it out 10 years later. I don't know where to go from there. <laughs> the next All right. Let's move on to the next one. Uh, track 10. Don't let me cave in. Single number two. Oh. You show me all the way up here. This song is a jam. Yeah. I yeah. love the structure of it, how easy it is to sing along with. I feel like this song is about being in a really bad place and then a friend just helping you out. Someone trying to keep your head above water. Great reference, Danny. Uh, head above water uh, was a big um, Wonder Years reference from an old song. That's actually oh, kind of Look at you. <laughs> you're, like an old, you're like an old school Wonder Years fan. Whew. Um. Did you have any more? Yeah, that's it. I I can remember like being in my room for the premiere of this song. Um, again, just this was part of the excitement, the build up for me. It reminds me again of Bloodfest, just like you're saying. Sing, it's so easy to sing along. This was like, it's just, I don't know. This is a great song that I just. Soupy's lyrics are great in it. It's a classic Wonder Years song. Um, I don't know. I got nothing bad to say about it. <laughs> all right, Josh, tell us all the bad stuff to say. Uh, well, I was going to say that I, I love that. I tried to make a life in the Midwest, but the Rust Belt keeps breaking promises. Um, I love that, which is yeah. interesting because I think is Detroit technically part of the Rust Belt and the so, Midwest? I kind of always felt that way. Um, the Wonders kind of are a Midwest band in a weird way, even though they're from Philly. Um, if that, like, they, I feel like they got a lot of, like, their big start and their big, like, like, the, we, like, the Midwest connected with the Wonder Years, I feel like, a lot. Like, um, yeah. And that's how, like, we helped them. I, that's at least how it felt to me. Go on. Sorry. Pennsylvania is close enough. Well, yeah, and Philly's. Hours. Oh no, Philly is on the east side actually. But oh. I was I was thinking Pittsburgh, which is like almost in Ohio, you know. But I was wrong. It's kind of the same mentality, I feel like. Yeah. All right. Uh, free to live anywhere in the world with no lease or real force tying me here. I thought about a few different places in the Midwest. 
I spent some time out there on tours or otherwise, but it never seemed like it would it would work out. I've always felt like there was a connection between Philly and Chicago. The two cities have just just have similar dispositions, in my opinion. Uh, oh, have similar dispositions, in my opinion. In Philly, we used to have a Sears building. It wasn't anywhere near as big as Chicago's Sears Tower, but it was there. At some point, they decided to demolish it via explosion. It, I remember watching it as, at my grandpop's house. Grandpop? Uh, on TV. <laughs> One second there was a building, then there a second later it had collapsed in a dust cloud. Every time I look at the Sears Tower in Chicago, I think about it. Hmm. Makes sense. Grand Again, Pop. he wrote it perfectly in the song. <laughs> you can kind of picture it. Track 11, You Made Me Want to Be a Saint. Sinner. Is it? Does it hear that? No. No swearing. So, hot damn, this song. Like, he starts off the song saying it's about their friend that they lost. And yep. he starts the song saying, like, he wouldn't want a slow song. And it's not a slow song. It's a fun but sad song about someone that you've lost. It's do, It shouldn't be this fun, but it is. Do they say who it is the song's about? Yeah, it's uh, Mike... Pallone. Don't they re reference the okay. Get Up Kids in the song too? I, I didn't know if it was someone else. Um, were, you, were you done, Danny? No. Just, did do they reference the Get Up Kids? I'm pretty sure they do in this song. Oh, um, I think I think they do. Um, At least a song by the Get Up Kids or something. I there's. I'll catch you. Is I'll catch you a. Hold on, you guys talk. Yeah, yeah, I'll song. catch yeah. you with the final song on something to write home about. Yeah, he says okay. because yeah, I yeah. still hear you in the bass drum beat after I'll catch you. Yes, and it's funny because they didn't say the Get Up Kids, but I knew exactly. Like I was like, oh, they're talking about the Get Up Kids. I instantly love you guys. <laughs> um, yeah, I've. So to me, this song kind of reminds me of like. It almost feels like a B side to one of the songs off Three Ps. Or like a song that could be from their EP. Um, I don't know. It has that feel to me. I don't know if they maybe they wanted to go back that vibe. Just because I don't know. I don't know how like close the relationship is, or if he liked that style that they played or whatever. But it feels like an older, like almost like an older song to me. If that makes sense. I mean, that's a good sign for me. Yeah. Those EPs are good. Um, as of 2021, they still don't know who who murdered that guy. Just if you guys were wondering. Oh, wow. <laughs> Thanks for the updates. Yeah. That's sad. There is a five thousand dollar reward for any information, though. Also, I love the way <laughs> the song ends because you know it's it's fucked up when you lose somebody. And yeah. At the end of the song, it's just them like repeating and then screaming in the background and repeating like the fucked up part is the fucked up part yeah. is the fuck like it's it really shows like the emotion that you go through like the anger 
when losing right. someone. Okay, sorry, Josh. Continue. No, it's okay. So yeah, our friend passed away last August. We had just spent a few months on tour and had been home all of a day when we got the news. I hadn't seen a lot of people from around here in a long time, but news spread fast, and we had rows of tables set up at a dinner for everyone to all meet in in an hour. I watched people that had become enemies over the years forget it and hug. Mike was a good guy. We were all better people for having known him. I know he would have hated it if we wrote a ballad as a memorial, so we didn't, like you said. Uh, we owed him this, though. We owed him this through all he's done for us. Even in death, he brought back together a lot of people that needed each other. Thanks, Mike. We miss you. Track 12, Hoodie Weather. This is my second favorite track, not single wise on the album, like something new I've heard. Okay. Um, I love the chorus on this one. It's and a good hometown anthem. Yeah. The pre-chorus. The lyrics and the bridge are awesome. It's got so... references to the last album. Uh, oh, does that, it? Like whole okay. bridge. Uh, so when like, the weather breaks, I'll pull the hoodie over back. my face. I won't run away, run away. Cause as fucked up as this place got, it made me me. Sorry, is not that, that the... part. I thought oh, okay. um, the part we were just listening to going, I guess the second verse. There's a lot of references in this. Nice. This well, they go together. Yeah. Again, there's a lot of references in a lot of these songs. So, Yeah. The pre-chorus, the chorus, and the bridge are all like stellar. Yeah. Uh, very easy to sing along to. So song rocks pretty hard. Like, yeah. I'm bummed I didn't get to hear it live yesterday. It um I love the name of the song too, Hoodie Weather. I'm yeah. a I'm a fall guy, so you know. again you can you kind of get put right into the song as well with this. Yeah. Okay, from Dan. <laughs> the entire world seems to want to leave. Everywhere I've ever been, when you ask what's cool there, the response is nothing. This place sucks. I can't wait to get out. But if everywhere sucks, where are you going and why? I feel like a lot of people around here are I feel like a lot of people around here are without goals. They don't know where they want to go or what they want to, or, or what they want to know. They ju they just know that they don't want to be here. They don't want to do this. It's a pointless cycle. I've grown up in this town my whole life. I've watched a lot of people die here. I mean, they're they're still technically alive, but they're practically dead. <laughs> they don't have anything that they want to be anymore. A lot of people hate a lot of places, but it's not enough to just run away from them. You need to figure out what you love and what you don't and place yourself in this world according to that. And you're going to end or you're going to end up miserable no matter what city you're in. Yeah. Life lessons from Soupy. And the final track, track 13. And now I'm nothing. That the way the the sing song of that really feels like starting line, yeah, yeah. I mean, totally. I just, 
I can. I said that. it from the beginning. I feel like this band is like a faster starting line. They definitely are not afraid to put to like wear their influences on their sleeve. So my notes for this great way to end the trilogy that almost drum or military drum fill. The half last half of the song is really cool. Um, this could have almost been a Christmas song because the whole first verse is just about like the manger and Christmas time. It's a tradition. And then boy, do they love Allen Ginsberg. That is my final note on this album. <laughs> yeah. Um, when I first heard this song, it blew my mind. Um, I was like, wow, what a way to end an album. Um, I think it does a very nice way of wrapping the album all together. Um, it gets me excited for the next album. Um, I don't know. I love it. I don't know. I, I mean, this album or this track personally influenced the end of night terrors for me, Josh, like the end of the song is like how I kind of got the vibe for um, the end of our song night terrors. And it's just, I don't know. I can't, this is just, it's a great way to wrap up the album. I can't say anything better or anything else about it. It's just, it's, that's, that's it. Love it. I mean, you got Josh. Uh, I mean, not much. I, I, I love the stuff about the stealing stuff out of the Christmas manger though. That's, that's funny. I need to do what you said you did and like listen to the three tracks that go together together and see if it hits me in a different way it Um, makes it better in my opinion i mean i still like i said the second part i like on its own but the other two when you play them all together it just hits differently Mm. i think the last time i did that was around when the album came out and i think i may have forgotten (laughs) to do that since Mm -hmm. Uh, Dan says, if came out swinging, brought you up to speed on where we've been since the upsides, and now I'm nothing, lets you know where we are at the conclusion of our first year as a full-time band and our first real opportunity to decide whether or not this place is home for us. I have my own bedroom now after a year of couch surfing. I'm not afraid of the same things I was last year, and I decided to stay around here, at least for now. I like a lot about this place. I like that our Christmas manger scene, our, our manger scene at Christmas is a park between two cannons, is in a park between two cannons, and I really like that nobody in our town notices the irony. <laughs> so yeah, that was the album. Are um, you converted, Danny? I am. I, I am a fan now. I love this. Like, I love finding new music. I love when I. I, it's just it was a lot of fun like because i really enjoyed this album and i'm really excited to dive into all their work well dive in because soupy said last night they have a new one coming out in the fall oh do they mm-hmm. and he said if you guys think these albums are your favorite just wait because we're about to release your next favorite so nice. i'm that hyped me up they haven't disappointed didn't, me yet <laughs> didn't we think that uh wasn't there talk that we thought they were going to break up soon um honestly i've been hearing that rumblings ever since the album after this one since this album i don't know it's i've always kind of heard that those rumblings that they could just be like you know what that was our last album so i kind of always go in thinking it's their last album uh i thought there was more specific until i get confirmation that they are recording again i kind of always just like that could be it 
Right. Well, I, I need to see them live are, before oh, they break a, up. So if they release a new album, hopefully they do some touring. They tour a lot. They we actually I was gonna bring this up earlier. Um, they tour I think a lot. Yeah, they love to the, the Halloween before COVID. They did us or the the October before right before COVID. They did oh, yeah, a they did. they did a a small tour of Halloween shows where every band um, that played on like played a se- a small set in costume as another band and then their own set. And uh, Wonder Years was Limp Biscuit. <laughs> nice. And it was and it was pretty great. It was fun. Yeah. So. Yeah, they love Detroit, so they're definitely well, they did confirm they're going to come back. Um they said it won't be on a Monday this time, which is cool. <laughs> yeah, I I really need to go see him cuz I I missed one show because it got canceled due to COVID and then I missed another show because oh, I of forgot COVID, that so. one did get canceled. That was a good one. Yeah. They were they were coming in March of 2020 and it got it got canceled like right, you know. I mean, that's I was supposed to play a show that day though, so I would have missed it. Yeah. Speaking of you guys playing a show, aren't you playing a show soon? Forward Critics does have a show soon. We do. Wow, Josh. We do have we a show. I'm, I'm very bored. very, very excited about it. I am very excited. Um, yeah, yes. we're playing a show. We're playing at the Sanctuary, uh, Sanctuary Detroit in Hamtramck on March 22nd with Glacier Veins, Salt Creek, and Honeysucker. Where can we get tickets for this show? Um, well, if you know yeah, us, you can get them from us. Yeah. <laughs> Please, um, yeah. If, if you have a way to get them from us, get them from us. It is on a Tuesday. I mean, I'll still go, but. Ooh. Um, it. I believe you can get tickets at the Sanctuary's website. Yes. I'll okay. still get them from you guys. Josh knows more info than me, apparently. <laughs> I'm a. I'm an info guy. It's okay. Yes, I am not. I'm a very. S- s- Swing by the seat of your pants, kind of guy. Yep. Typical drummer. <laughs> Swing. Um, yes, we're playing. It's going to be fun. And then we are going in the studio this month. What? Yeah, we're actually going in the studio before that show. Oh, yeah, we are. I forgot about In that. like a week, basically. Cool. Oh. <laughs> Mike doesn't even know. He's like, I got yeah, an I info guy. I think it's sometimes, some sometime coming up. Tell me the day before. Yeah. I'll be ready. Okay, yeah, we're going to be recording our former critics is going to be recording our first full length. Uh, I'm very nervous about it because I've never done anything like that before. So it's fun. I'm also nervous. Um, But yeah, come out if you can. We're cool. I feel like we kind of take some influence from the Wonder Years. So if you like the Wonder Years, you might like us. So make sure you listen to influence from them. I mean, it's, I don't know. I believe it's still of our, our intro song, but I don't know. But make sure you check out the band Former Critics. It's the outro nope. song. Nope. Possession 1981 is our intro song, and our outro song is Writer's Block by Former Critics. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, Any weekly rewinds? Did you want to rate the album? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. I'll give it an eight. High. 8. That's a high number 5. for me. 8.5 for me. I'm gonna give it a nine. Oh wow! Because remember, I'm going into this new and. Oh yeah! All right, cool. Hey. I didn't know what to expect, and I loved it. I didn't know how you were gonna take it, so I'm. You did exactly how I thought you. Would. I thought you'd like it, but I didn't think you'd like it this much. So I'm yeah, excited. I'm actually pleasantly surprised. I think it might be that I think pop punk has been in a lull, 
And when I do find do something well. I like, I'm like, oh, wow, I love this. <laughs> they do it very well. Yeah. Well, um, it seems all the newer pop punk either sounds like Newfound Glory or sounds like Machine Gun Kelly. So it's kind of yeah. hard. Um, I do have one thing I want to me- mention on Weekly Rewind. Uh, Ghost had a new single come out this week. It's called 20s. And normally, when every so since I've been a fan of Ghost, when a new Ghost song is released, I listen to it a lot and I love it. And it has me excited for a band in a way that I can't remember being in a long time, like trying to find bootlegs of the song so I can listen to it, uh, you know, kind of just searching things out. And I don't know that I don't like this song. But it's definitely the first ghost song ever that I didn't feel compelled to like listen to it into the ground. Oh, you questioned it. Yeah. Hey, maybe you just need to hear it with the album. Maybe. I maybe. am the exact opposite of Josh. I'm not listening to any of the other singles until it drops. So I haven't heard the new one, new song. That's how has, I am. <laughs> it has a reggaeton beat. Oh, Ooh. what? All right, don't give me any more. I want. <laughs> Oh, that makes me really want to check it out, but I only have to wait a few more days. Yeah, it does come out on Friday. So I've got three weekly rewinds. I've got so a band I was obsessed with last year, my number one pick from last year. Sad Night Dynamite dropped a new song called Black and White. So if you like the gorillas and that style of music, you should check that out. A band's I haven't listened to since their first album, really. The band our band of horses dropped a song album. The album's really well, slow. I haven't heard that in a while. Yeah, it's it's a very almost boring mellow album, but the song Warning Signs is good. And then State Champs with Ben Barlow, everybody but you. I have technically two songs. Ooh. Um Sea Home released. Oh yeah. Two new songs. Oh my god. Why isn't it coming up? I know the I like the songs. I'm trying to get Shirley you the Temple. name of the songs, but my phone won't let me type. All right, I got it. These songs are called Shirley Temples and Hurricanrana. Wow. All right, I guess I could have figured that out. Okay, yeah, they're very good. Home rocks. Um, they're good friends of ours, and honestly, they they're sweet, fun little emo band from Ann Arbor. Sure, Ooh. Ann Arbor area. I guess that's where they're from. Detroit. Yeah. See, they're cool. Saginaw, cool. Port Huron, Lansing. Which one? Um, I think they're I think they're mainly in like Ann Arbor Ipsy, but I don't I can't confirm that. I don't know. Cool. Is that it? I think that's it. Cool. Wow. It was awesome having you on by Mike. <laughs> I hope it was well. I didn't get to do as much research as I wanted. Um, and I was kind of focusing more on the show than anything, but. Uh, it's okay. We are. Um, this will be our shortest mic episode, which is. Yeah, which thing. is. Yeah, it's not terrible. So. <laughs> um, no, it was good. Thank no, you. Dan. Dan Campbell helped us out by having a like a little synopsis for every song. Yeah, so that helped out a lot. I, I was hoping you were going to find something like that because there's so much to say about this album and, and like I really have not like dove into the lore of it in so long that like 
I was kind of nervous. I didn't want to like forget anything like important, like you were saying out like, and there's so much I just have forgotten. I don't know. Yeah. Since I was like, so like wrapped up in the album, like, you know, but yeah, well, it, it was, was excellent. Yeah. I think it was good. I'm happy you enjoyed it. And I'm happy uh, you're going to become a Wonder Years fan because you should have been years ago. <laughs> I'll message you every time I listen to a new album and tell you what I think. Awesome. You should just That's make good. that like a new new segment. segment. <laughs> a segment. Like I not even like a whole like show, just like a quick set, like Danny's Wonder Years update. <laughs> Will do. I'll do it on Instagram just for you and tag you. Ooh. All right. If you tag me, I'll maybe look at it. <laughs> I, don't go on, I don't go on Instagram a lot. <laughs> I sometimes will look at the stuff Josh tags me in, but sometimes won't. <laughs> I'm trying oh. to get better at it. Well, thank you for listening to another episode of Beside Ourselves Podcast. It's time to flip the record over. Thanks for listening to this episode of Beside Ourselves. Beside Ourselves is written and recorded by Danny Lowens and Josh Schramm. Beside Ourselves is available on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. If you like the show, please be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends. You can follow and interact with us on Instagram and Twitter at B underscore SidePod. If you have an album or music topic you want us to cover on a future episode, be sure to slide into those DMs and let us know. The intro music for today's show is by Chris Porter, and the outro music is by Former Critics. <laughs>